And welcome to another episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the podcast where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. As usual, I'm Patrick, here with Steven. Hello, Patrick. Hello. And there's no Chris today. There's no Chris, Chris, man. He's getting his eyes done. He is. He's reliving one of our favorite scenes from Final Destination 4. Was that the one with the LASIK? gone wrong i want to say it was for he he sent me a selfie he looked a little bit like the poster for the movie starry eyes um, <laughs> i've never seen that but I'll, I'll trust that that's hilarious yeah look it up uh that that's that's our chris but you know he's gonna have perfect 2020 vision mm-hmm. a little late it's 2021 but he's gonna he's gonna um he's gonna see these netflix movies in a whole new way i think with these yeah. new eyes of his i think and so I'm a, I'm a little jealous he's gonna see all new themes that no one else does and the <laughs> the amon crew will no longer be uh exclusively be spectacled we found a lot of like different horror movie parallels for this experience of his whether it's you know uh event horizon we were talking about yeah. before we started recording today final destination i well and actually before he went in for the surgery the other day we were talking about saw i told him they're gonna find a key behind your eye because that happens in saw too i don't know oh god well anyways chris will be back next week two weeks from now but today we're here to talk about pizza the indian horror film that we watched this week with our fully functioning non-lasic eyes but before we dig into that uh what have you been watching or consuming this week in the horror sphere that was not pizza a lot of stuff i i don't know what's been what's been happening in my life but i've been back to getting on my horror bullshit as we like to say um did i talk about the suckling on the podcast before i know we texted i don't about think it a so bit. yeah i know you texted me about it uh, i watched this with my friend kyle we love to have have always loved to have bad movie nights and this is one that vinegar syndrome released a couple years ago i knew that there was a connection to fangoria and that the former editor-in-chief uh from like the 80s early 90s era is actually in this movie as a guy who gets fucked up the butt with a dildo and he's wearing one of those spinny hats and it spins rapidly as he achieves orgasm which is really amusing this is like one of the most fucked up and twisted and hilarious movies i've ever seen in my life it is about a woman who has an abortion and is trapped in the house that the the abortion brothel house that this uh, occurs in and the abortion uh the baby the fetus winds up in the sewer chemicals drip on it and becomes a menacing nightmare and i like is- i like the way that you like upgraded you went from the abortion to the baby to the fetus i you know i just don't know where i stand politically on this i'm kidding um <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked up though the form of this thing that i really don't know how to talk about it but it is like 
heavy it, it gave me heavy john waters energy it is just mm, like okay. the it is so nasty so vile in the way it it just what's the phrase that father Amort used? he th- it thumbs its nose at, at, at the devil yeah at, at at the devil at the debate about uh, a woman's right to choose and it's fucking hilarious if you can get on that wavelength and accept that this is just a nasty malevolent film it is really fucking fun i i highly advise our fans to check this out if they are fans of you know the early john waters before mm-hmm. he got you know kind of hollywood oh love that stuff i i saw near dark for the first time the Catherine mm. bigelow film and i'd seen part of it when i was a teenager because it would always pop up on like cult movie lists and i just couldn't get into it it was a little slow for me this time around i really enjoyed it it's mm-hmm. beautifully shot wonderfully acted i i don't know if i've seen a vampire movie that achieves what this film does like the vampirism is so just kind of casual and and dirty and gritty and nasty you know it's really just about a bunch of vagabonds trying to exist on the fringes of society and they happen to be vampires that's on shutter i I think this might be the first time it's ever streamed on a major service for whatever reason maybe it's music rights or whatever it's been hard to see but i would recommend checking that out if you've never if you've never caught it yeah i saw that on dvd i'm pretty sure a few years ago because i think you're right it is difficult to track that down i don't think there is a blue release Mm -hmm. of that um and i i really enjoyed it oh i have one more thing i finally saw saint maude oh yes Um, yes. you know much hyped a24 didn't didn't like it actually laughed at it a lot thought it was kind of unintentionally funny this is the closest i can get without actually spoiling it but it it has big a dark song energy in its conclusion and it did not feel earned to me Mm. i lol'd i will watch it again because i wonder if i was just in the wrong mood maybe but this was hugely hyped and then completely swept under the rug Mm. which is rare for an a24 movie like i think they think they know when they have a bomb even if it's critically acclaimed. And this went straight to the Epics channel, which I don't know anybody who has. And I can kind of see why. Patrick, what have you been up to, horrifically or otherwise? Well, I mean, of course we should acknowledge that mutually, as a (laughs) trio of podcast hosts, we all shared the horror of a 4th of July weekend in Put-In Bay, Ohio, which is a little boaters destination uh near where uh, we all live in michigan so we went on a little amon trip it was certainly i mean honestly the longest sustained quality time we've ever spent together as a trio I that's think. true i didn't think about that wow. yeah i mean we've all known each other for like 15 years but it's it's rare honestly that the three of us specifically hang out other than to do this podcast. So we had a delightful time. We definitely saw some horrors in Put-In Bay, though. Oh, some of us may or may not have seen a butler in a particular haunted (laughs) mansion. (laughs) There's a a mansion in Put-In Bay that is also a apparently terrible winery. And we we were on foot this whole time. This is an island that is about three miles across, I think. And most people rent golf carts or bikes to travel no we hoofed it um, mm-hmm. and hitchhiked and hitchhiked yeah 
And at one point, we <laughs> walked by this this allegedly haunted mansion slash winery, and Chris just very casually said that he <laughs> thought he saw a butler in the window looking at us, and Patrick was shook. Oh, it was deployed in, like, the perfect way to, to actually unsettle me, because we were already on a dark street, no one else was around. We should say, there's to set the mood, there's no streetlights because of the right. mayflies. The mayflies are oppressive oh, yeah. out on Lake Erie. Mayflies just blotting out the fucking sun if there if there would have been one we couldn't even tell if it was day or night while we were there because there were so many fucking mayflies and chris yeah just in the most casual tone was like you guys see that butler in the window and 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 he he stuck to the bit he wouldn't confirm if he was if he was lying or not so there may very well have been a butler regardless the butler is a new amon crew meme so if y'all hear us making obnoxious jokes about that that's why well, I'll, I'll add to that. I mean, we had a mile and a half walk back to the campsite in pitch blackness. Yes. And Chris referenced the butler again, uh, maybe halfway into the journey. And Patrick, you just could not handle it. Yeah, it was the perfect amount of vagueness to just <laughs> allow my brain to color in so many, so many myriad details. But yeah, not as scary as the Trump 2024 flags that we saw while we were there. Oh, yeah. I mean, Putin Bay is a, a nightmare place. Don't ever go there. Yeah. Anyways, though, enough about our vacation. The As far as horror things I've been consuming and since last episode, not a ton, but I really enjoyed the new long-awaited graphic novel from the masterful cartoonist Barry Windsor Smith. It's a book called Monsters. It's about 350 pages. It's massive. And this has been in the works for like decades, decades. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He originally conceived of it as a rather short uh, Incredible Hulk story for Marvel. Mm. And then Marvel was like, um, you can't say cocksucker. You know, you can't, <laughs> you can't include the themes you want to include in this book. Oh, it's Marvel. I was going to say you can't go down on Catwoman, but... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I believe he also tried to sell it to DC. And, and, the, and the story became more and more like sort of epic in length over the years. And now, you know, he's been working on it, I think, 20 years or something. And it's finally out. But, uh, yeah, it's this it's difficult to explain. It's this generation spanning tale of this young boy, essentially, who is recruited for the U.S. military. And because he has essentially no family, is inducted into this program to kind of do some human genetic engineering, super soldiery kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. He ends up turning into a horrific creation and we kind of rewind a lot from there to dig into his past his childhood his mom other people in the military who are involved in this whole conspiracy we end up flashing all the way back to world war ii and nazi experimentation it's just very deep kind of slow-paced storytelling where details that you learn early in the book get fleshed out late in the book where you all of a sudden go oh this is how this all fits together and it does mm. take a while to kind of all gel but it is beautifully drawn and really outstanding storytelling and character building and really interesting choices he makes as far as sequencing this narrative just a, a very late career masterwork from a guy who's done some awesome stuff in his career so would highly recommend monsters by barry windsor smith 
Color Me Intrigued, I had read about it maybe a month or so ago and requested it from the library, so I'm hoping to dig into that soon. I Just before we get into uh, serving up some hot pie here, <laughs> I do want to add that I followed your recommendation to, to read The Diving Pool. Oh, yeah. Uh, by uh, Yoko Ogawa. I've only read the titular story. Uh, mm-hmm. I read it last night. Really intriguing stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very simply written, very matter of fact, mm-hmm. and very subtly horrific. There's a lot of uh, intimating, really creepy behavior and not quite seeing it through completely sane eyes and Mm -hmm. i I appreciated that i cannot wait to see what the other two stories are like yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it so shouts out again to uh, paul tremblay for uh, putting me on the trail of that one because it's paid off for me and steven now i guess yeah anyways uh i think we should probably talk about the movie that we're here to talk about (laughs) yeah we should pizza Wow, Pizza. we, you know, I'd thought about selecting this movie several times just because of the title, because I thought, I don't know, I don't know what, <laughs> Pizza means something else, and if, like, it's such a bizarre title for a movie to begin with, but an Indian film named after an Italian delicacy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have had my interest, like, I would have wanted to review a horror movie named Pizza, no matter where it came from, but especially, I always love when we watch horror films from a different country and you can see you know what scares people in a different culture and i especially love of course indian horror i love bollywood movies and i love seeing bollywood tropes and 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 filmmaking techniques applied to the horror genre as we all know 1920 london fear strikes again it's one of my favorite movies we've seen for this podcast so that was that was kind of what sold me on this Oh, I'll just say opening thoughts. You know, Indian films have a lot of baggage on this podcast for me because I feel like several of the Indian films that we've seen have been slightly or sometimes egregiously miscategorized as horror Mm. on Netflix. And I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, This this did not feel like something that was entirely crafted for an Indian audience. Um, In India, censorship is uh, wild, apparently, even Mm. more so than here in the U.S. And that's kind of my understanding is that's kind of why Bollywood exists. Um, Filmmakers want to make movies that are not going to be censored and that you can take the whole family to. Mm. Um, You gain higher box office receipts that way. So you get, you know, your action, your sci-fi, your horror, your musical elements, your uh, children's shenanigans, <laughs> your marital disputes, everything all in one package. And often at a fairly low budget, mm-hmm. kind of haphazardly directed, this movie I felt like was actually pretty pretty focused and pretty well made mm-hmm. for what it was yeah. it seemed like something that was made for an american market maybe to show mm. a fantastic fest or, or whatever mm. could be yeah i'm not sure it, it definitely looks good though it has the, the production value is fairly high quality and it's yeah. a solid looking movie but to to kind of set it up yeah to up like the actual concept here and what we're talking about We've got a pizza delivery driver named Kunal. He has a girlfriend, wife. 
that was a little unclear to me what their I, relationship status was. I gotta say, was. just to throw this in there, like, in the first seconds of this movie, I thought it was his sister, and then I was like, oh, it's his oh, girlfriend, okay. oh, it's his wife, oh, she's pregnant, like, a little, little odd there. You had a little diving pool energy going on there. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Anyways, their their relationship is, is struggling a little bit. Nikki is a horror aficionado, a horror writer. Horror um, bay, I would say. Horror bay, yeah, Nikki is horror bay. And Kunal doesn't exactly approve of her her dalliances in this. He kind of wants her to like get a real job and and start doing something to support them a little more, since he's uh, you know only surviving on tips himself. And he gets into a kind of strange occult situation one night when he goes to his boss's house to deliver a package, and uh, the boss's wife has been possessed and is acting kind of weird the wife's name is priya she's talking about anjali right 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 and he's yeah he's supposed to deliver this package of these chocolates that you know it's kind of the macguffin of the movie i guess yeah so basically you got a pizza delivery boy grappling with interference from the spirit world because sure. after after this uh encounter with the boss's wife he goes to make a delivery and gets thoroughly fucked. The person who is who he's bringing the pizza to turns quite ghoulish. The house locks. <laughs> he gets locked inside, yeah. and he's just trying to fend for himself, trying to reach the outside world. And uh, that's a that's a good chunk of your movie right there. It's just him being locked in this damn house trying to get out. What's the movie we watched where they couldn't get out of the house recently? Oh wait further instructions i think so yeah, yeah yeah it's got a little bit of that energy where like he's in there and he knows shit's fucked up and we spend a lot of time wandering around and stuff's popping out of the corners but he can't get out and like you know his wife comes to the door the husband comes to the door and thinks that he's you know the other man who's cheating with the wife yeah i like that stuff yeah there's lots of just like sort of supernatural happenings like he can't you know they can't breach this door by any means whatsoever just everything is a little wonky a little off in this house it's very beetlejuice this house yeah there's like weird art objects everywhere he tries to like break the stained glass window with a baseball bat and the fiberglass baseball bat just like blows up into smoke practically (laughs) yeah i like the way the the kind of laws of nature just get rewritten in this house for a while the woman who is supposed to buy the pizza is pursuing him around she's pregnant there's a thing about pregnancy in this because the boss's wife who seemed to be possessed was pregnant and then the the woman who kunal gets trapped in the house with is also pregnant um yeah just weird goings on weird goings on and to what end i spent a lot of this movie kind of wondering what's this all about what are we doing here why like why 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 for this character is this happening and uh spoilers i don't know if i really have an answer to that question after sitting through the whole thing oh i absolutely do but oh great it definitely feels aimless for a bit you know i mean we 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 open the movie with kind of a fun prologue where kunal is making a delivery and there's a ghoulish zombie like creature pursuing him on an elevator that turns out to be a dream and it's it's good it's a good cold open because honestly after that we just spend 15 minutes dealing with like kunal and nikki's like relationship issues uh and and really really nothing spooky at all going on for a bit so smart idea to open it with something a little spooky and then he's just in the house wandering around for quite a while and it did 
at a certain point feel a little loose, a little shapeless, a little aimless to me. But the ending, which is like one of those, like the, we we know what the spoiler room is going to be for oh, this yeah. movie <laughs> because holy shit, there is a twist in the like last twenty minutes of this that just re just just turns everything upside down, and that was enough to sort of explain some of the shapelessness that had come before, and it had me screaming. We were talking about this before. We're, we're sad Chris couldn't watch this one because Chris would have been screaming. He would have been screaming all the way to hell. I mean, like, <laughs> it, that, that twist is... I'm not a fan of when movies do this, where they just, like, retcon the movie within the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which is essentially what happens. Um, and I still bound up with some questions afterward. Yeah. So I don't think it was entirely successful in that stunt as it as it happened. But I, I, I thought this was a pretty entertaining movie. Clearly pretty low budget, but it had some style. It had some panache. Mm-hmm. It had a look. The actors were pretty great. I mean, one thing, I feel like I'm reviewing it already, but... <laughs> What I wanted throughout this whole movie was a little bit more... I wanted this to be more of a comedy. Mm. And I'm not saying I wanted it to be like a Zucker Brothers movie or something, you know, but I wanted like a little bit... I wanted some comedic touches because it felt a little bit too somber for how ridiculous the premise is. Mm. Did you feel that at any point? Not necessarily. I felt there was there were some light comic touches and they were they were about enough for me i don't know yeah you and chris often seem to want more comedy in these movies and that's not a an instinct that i feel very often Mm. i guess or at least not as often as you guys do but this speaking of very funny things how did you feel about the opening title sequence oh my god i (laughs) I have so many notes I should mention, we talked about this, but I've been pretty out of it over the past, like, 24 hours during which I watched this movie, and Mm. the first, like, 20 minutes is, like, a fever dream to me, but I feel like that's (laughs) how I felt in the moment. Yeah. It's animated. I was going to ask Chris, which Grand Theft Auto game does this most resemble? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just this wild computer animated opening sequence of his little scooter zipping around town, delivering pizzas. It has a very action-y, like, James Bond kind of feel to it. Like, he's driving his, his little scooter down a flight of stairs. And there's this insane song behind it that's, I think, mostly in English, if I remember correctly and it's the song is all about pizza i feel like the song was written for the movie had to be and it ends with a huge burp sound effect and if i remember correctly there's like a visual of someone burping too like burping out the word pizza i think is how it no no okay well i wrote in my notes that it burps out uh kunal on his motorcycle oh you're right Yes. Like, it was such a Tim and Eric moment. That's why, okay, I'm glad you brought this up, because this is why I think this movie would have benefited from a little bit more absurd comedy instead of just kind of the dreary procedural setup that we get post-credit sequence. Like, I think this could have been a a pretty, like, subtly sly, funny movie in the vein of, like, office space or something. Mm. Because a lot of it is centered on just, like, the day in, day out of a guy who works for a pizza chain and thinks that in three years he's going to own the pizza chain and he's got to work his way up the ladder. Yeah. Before we discuss this any further, I I feel like we should drop in a little bit of this uh, opening song, Burp and All, so that uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the listening audience can enjoy this. Mm. 
Tujhe bhi milega sala koi na bachega Pizza is the right All right, hope you enjoyed that flatulent moment first day. You know, is flatulence, does flatulence apply to burping as well, or is it just about farting? That's a great question. Um, I'm glad that I have two computers in front of me so I can look this up. Uh, fl- <laughs> let's look up the definition of flatulence. <laughs> Chris is going to be so pissed at us. He, like, he leaves for one episode, and we spend five minutes just, like, discussing whether burping is included under the umbrella of flatulence. <laughs> <laughs> whether burping and farting are affected the same thing uh, uh flatulence is the accumulation of gas in the alimentary canal oh what is, what is the alimentary canal i assume it's the colon it's gotta be yeah so um, flatulence has to be exclusively farting but it, i feel the, like burping oh, no, should on, be included hold the hold on though the oh, alimentary oh. canal is the whole passage along which food passes through the body from mouth to anus it includes oh. the esophagus stomach and intestines so flatulence could very well be burping all right i'm so glad we cleared that up <laughs> was that a real burp it's the best i could muster it's kind okay. of weak but i'm yeah, proud we, of you we'll, we'll fix it in post yeah <laughs> i'll just replace it with the burp from the opening titles of pizza <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, Jesus god Christ. oh i wanted to mention something in my notes so back to our protagonist and his wife i wrote down this line early on because i felt called out he says to her <laughs> the way you've done up the decor your weird lifestyle you don't socialize <laughs> non-stop horror movies everything is horrific here including you and i'm like that's all i want to hear from a man <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, um I did you did you recognize many of the like posters that she yeah. had up? I, I I feel like I there was one that I recognized and that was about it. There was I forget a, what it was now though. There was a like Mondo Sunset Boulevard poster. Oh nice. That I've wanted to buy a copy of, but it's very mm-hmm. expensive unless I get a cheap knockoff. And I was really impressed by that. They've got the house by the cemetery poster on their door. A couple others I didn't recognize. There's a like Italian Joan Crawford. Oh yeah, that was poster. one I was wondering about. I, I don't know what that movie is. It's like Circle of Terror, it seemed to be what yeah. it translate to. I've never heard of it. But but yeah, clearly they've they've got like this cute little long box of DVDs by the window, horror DVDs. Yeah. I, I appreciated those touches because it reminded me of my own my own existence. Nikki seems awesome. I mean, yeah, like maybe she does need to get a job because it seems like uh pizza delivery boys wages are not much for a family a household of two to survive on but nikki seems awesome let's just let that be said she does seem awesome um i mean she's pregnant i don't know if she's on maternity leave or anything oh gosh yeah we forgot to mention that she's part of the string of pregnancies in this yeah, movie there's a lot of pregnancies it kind of reminded me of the wind a little bit where i'm like wait is this person really pregnant or is this a dream like everybody mm. every woman is pregnant and there's only two but <laughs> but it no, there's three there's no three. I, I meant in the wind oh in the wind yeah 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 Yeah, in the wind i was like i don't know if this is a dream or not if this is like some like pregnancy anxiety dream or whatever um in this right. though yeah it definitely seemed to be a theme that yeah. women any woman that shows up is pregnant well and you know i appreciate because we've talked on this podcast many times about how you know, there's these characters in some of these movies we watch where uh, there's a female character whose primary character attribute could just be described as pregnant. She's the yes. pregnant character. Prego. and And she exists, like, exclusively to be threatened and to have her, her body and her fetus's body 
threatened. And honestly, that's not really so much the case in this. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, again, we, we're, we're going to get into this more in the spoiler room, but Nikki surprisingly isn't just like a threat object. And yeah, actually, I'm not going to say any more about it at this point, because again, <laughs> twist. Holy shit. Holy shit. I mean, I listener, I totally understand if you have no idea what we're what we've been talking about for the last. Yeah, it's like this is this is a really hard movie to talk about, as Chris would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, 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 just by its nature, it's very, it really kind of has its own sort of vibe, its own sort of pacing. It's a little maybe Baskin-esque as far as pacing goes. Like, I couldn't think of another comparison better than that. I think part of the problem, too, is that by the time the twist shows up, it is fairly late but it does recontextualize the entire movie and so you know having watched it like the most recent thing in my memory is that twist which was just sort of mind-blowing and yeah and and you just you want to talk about it on those terms and it's difficult to kind of reconstruct the narrative as it's originally presented to you and not just think of it all in the the way things wind up being recontextualized by the twist you know yeah but i want to circle back around to you know your your comments about you know kind of making it funnier one thing that i did kind of notice was there's an interesting like different actors and different characters sort of seem to be coming in from very different sorts of movies yeah i'm thinking of like when kunal finally does get out of the haunted house which is again uh, sort of an interesting miss direct i i want to say in a way because you think Mm. he's going to be in there for a while but he gets out of the house for all the time that he does spend in there you know fairly early in the movie like maybe halfway through and then it's like oh okay so what else is going to happen now yeah when it's like wait what how is there another hour left of this movie what the hell is going to happen right right but when he does get out he runs into a couple policemen and these policemen are like both of them are like mugging like they're just like doing these like bug-eyed faces they seem to be played strictly for comedy at least the performances but the the writing doesn't really give them anything particularly funny to do but the performances seem extremely broad and as though they've just walked in from you know a zucker production or something you're right the writing is you know it's a pretty you know harrowing police encounter he's in this house that's been abandoned apparently for years but he thought he was in a an actively haunted house with ghosts and you know these policemen are very threatening uh, vocally, verbally, but physically, they're just having the time of their lives. They've got weird mustaches, and they're just hamming it up. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, and uh, I, when I said I wanted more comedy in this movie, I think maybe that's what I'm talking about, but it comes way too late that mm. it starts to get kind of goofy, to the point that it feels very jarring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the twist especially definitely brings a little more humor into the plot than we see earlier in the film, which I mean, I guess, I guess again is kind of part of the recontextualization, but we, (laughs) we need to stop trying to talk about the twist because we're not going to be able to talk about it until we get into the spoiler room. It's just, it's too, it's too wild. It's too wild. I think we should review it. I feel like we probably should. We can speak more freely. I I have a ghost to get off my back about this movie. (laughs) Um, Yes. Patrick, would you... Pizza. Not the food. The movie. Yeah, you can review both if you want to. But would you view it, cue it, or screw it? 
I mean, I would definitely view pizza the food. And I think I'm also going to give pizza the movie a view. It, Like I said, it felt a little shaggy and a little slow to me early on. But the the twist was a jaw dropper that just put a gigantic grin on my face. And I was delighted by the way it kind of rewrote these two lead characters that had failed to sort of gel to me in a certain way. And and just, as I've said, turned the entire thing on its head in a really enjoyable way. I had a lot of fun with this one. How about you, Stephen? View it, cue it, or screw it? I'll give it a cue it. I mean, this is not what I was expecting. I mean, this, this thing has been on Netflix forever, and I just thought it was going to be another potentially miscategorized film, because that, that has been a theme on the show. I don't think it's great. I don't really like the twist, but I I felt like this this was made with a vision. This was made with intent and it followed through on on the crazy journey that the director and writer wanted to create. I was consistently surprised by it. I will say it looks good for a low budget movie. The acting is great. There are some genuinely upsetting and unsettling images in it too. Mm. Um, in the sort of haunted house sequence, there were moments where I was like, okay, I, I see what you're doing, movie. That's pretty scary. Yeah. It's pretty scary. And you're withholding a little bit, and I appreciate that. Uh, in the end, it's it's a little bit too convoluted for me, but you might feel differently. So yeah. cute. All right. Well, we're going to head down to the spoiler room in just a minute. But before we go down there, you know, we've got a convention coming up we're going to be at our first ever horror convention motor city nightmares in novi michigan or detroit if you live anywhere except southeast michigan you can just call it detroit that's fine and if you want to come see us hang out with us if you want to be that sicko who comes from across the country to do i don't know i what what are we even going to be doing there we're just going to be sitting there talking to people handing out stickers hopefully spreading the good word about amon Come on out. We'll probably be recording, so you might even find your way onto the podcast itself if you uh, come visit us. That's going to be July 30th to August 1st, right at the end of this month of July. We're very excited about it, and we would love to see people we know there. Yeah, and if you if you show me your, your vaccination card, I'll, I'll kiss you on the lips. How about that? <laughs> if that sweetens the pot, come on down. Could be an incentive. Could be a disincentive. You never know. <laughs> Uh, and also, as always, go to our website, everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com. We've got a merch store out there if you want to buy some uh, clothing or other uh, memorabilia to show everyone how much you love Every Horror Movie on Netflix. We've also got a list of every movie that we've ever reviewed, including the ratings for it. Also, follow us on your social media platform of choice at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast. We love to hear from you in whatever way you choose to get a hold of us. Uh, Tell us what you thought about our latest episode, which movies you've watched, what you thought about them, what movies you want to see us review in the future. We always love to hear from you. And especially we love to hear from you when you're leaving us a nice five-star review on iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. It helps people find the show makes us feel good gives us some good feedback so if you're enjoying the podcast you know go go leave a little review everyone benefits oh the only thing better than a perfect hot pie out of the oven straight out of the oven steaming (laughs) is a five-star review we love it absolutely absolutely all right well we're gonna go uh pull mama's box of tatina's pizza rolls (laughs) out 
the freezer and head down to the spoiler room and heat them up. So, join us. See you down there. Totino's, Totino's. Start the music right. Totino's, Totino's. How did you know? Totino's, Totino's. Everybody's talking about Totino's, Totino's. All right, we're down in the spoiler room. I got some some rolls rolls in in our mouth. mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, nobody. You want to go nuts? (laughs) Come over to my house and see a pizza roll. We referenced that last episode, too. (laughs) Dude, we're deranged. Yeah. If if anyone out there is like, what's wrong with these men? Like, go look up Tim and Eric Totino's, and you you too can be part of the meme. Anyways, let's talk about the spoilers from pizza oh from this pizza. movie has some some punk rock pizza in it for it does. sure <laughs> <laughs> what S- the fuck like we, we, <laughs> we think we have a grasp on what this movie is what we've seen what we've felt yes. and and then we think our protagonist is about to commit suicide he sings that he has nothing left to live for because his girl, his wife is missing. Yeah, because we've seen Nikki show up at the haunted house earlier on and the two uh, sort of ghoulish ghostly figures who had been stalking Kunal then show up and appear to just chop Nikki's head off, potentially. But no one really knows where she is. She might be dead. She might be missing. Kunal is kind of getting gaslit by his co-workers who are just like, telling him he's crazy essentially and we really don't know what's happening kunal uh takes some time off work his boss gives him some time off work gives him some money and kunal goes to the top of this high high rise in development i think right yeah it's like under construction it's a tall building that's being actively being built and we think he's gonna jump and all of a sudden who walks out but nikki and they they embrace, they kiss, they hug. It's like, oh, we did it. We succeeded. And you're like, what, what, what? And all of a sudden, the film rewinds. We see the movie rewind back to, like, I want to say the halfway point, if not, like, the one-third mark. Like, it goes Sooner way Sooner than halfway. It goes way further back than I was expecting. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that bit draws out for sure. Yeah. And shit. I, all right, let me think about this. What What is the inciting incident here? I, I don't know. I mean, there's... Di- okay, so there are uncut diamonds. There that, are diamonds, yeah. That the boss, the pizza boss, has put into a package of chocolates to deliver to his wife, who is possessed very casually as i've said before just we just know that the boss's wife is like fucking insane and like carving through the floor with a pentagram drawn on the on the 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 floor in front of her talking about somebody named anjali all the time yeah yeah so like so the pizza guy is supposed to deliver this package but his wife wants him home she she calls a cell phone and he's like i'm still at work i'm an i'm on overtime and then he's like, call the call the pizza hotline and I'll, you know, we can pretend it's a delivery. Mm-hmm. And she calls and he asks what she wants and she says, a pizza boy smoking hot. <laughs> so he, that, was, and, that was cute. <laughs> it was really cute. And then, so instead of delivering the, the chocolates, he goes home to his wife. 
She sees the chocolates, which, by the way, I should say, if you shouldn't put a box of chocolates in a smoking hot pizza bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, those would so, have been melted as fuck. So she takes the pizza out, then she finds the box, she opens the box of chocolates and finds this little pouch of uncut diamonds. Which, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting plot point in and of itself that, like, the pizza parlor owner, just to clarify, because I feel like we have not driven this home enough, but the pizza parlor <laughs> owner is somehow involved in like the diamond black market and is running diamonds and he's having his delivery boy like basically be his diamond mule unbeknownst to kunal like he's supposed to deliver these diamonds to the boss's home and he doesn't know that he's delivering diamonds until nikki just starts nosing around and stuff that is not her business and happens to find that her husband is carrying a bag of diamonds so they, I mean, God, again, this this movie, for various reasons, um, feels like a fever dream to me. I think part of it is the construction of the movie and the reveal of this twist. But they come up with this plot. She's been, like, tracking this murder plot slash ghost story in the town. There's a house where, like, a man has murdered his wife, his pregnant wife, and he decides that he's going to... I mean, God, I feel crazy even saying this, but he, he I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but he, it, so, it seemed to me like he decided, oh, I'm going to pretend I have, a, I have to deliver a pizza to this haunted house. Am I on point so far? Yes. I'm going to pretend yeah. I have to deliver a pizza to this haunted house. I'm going to pretend that I got haunted out of, like, the diamonds were stolen from me by this ghost. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I literally yeah. just I just finished this like ten minutes before we started recording and I'm still unpacking it. But like what an insane plan because we we don't learn that she's been tracking this this local story until the twist comes up and she's got the fucking push pins and red <laughs> yeah. string and stuff yeah. on a on a bulletin board. It's wild. Yeah, they, they, they use the existing murder and the existing haunted house as sort of a cover to hang on to the diamonds and Mm -hmm. to explain why Kunal no longer has the diamonds. And so essentially the entire haunted house escapade that we saw earlier in the movie is complete fiction dreamt up by Nikki to throw the pizza parlor owner off the scent of the diamonds so that Kunal and Nikki can hold on to the diamonds. So it's kind of this fun way to bring Nikki's penchant for horror and for writing horror stories back into the plot and, and make her, you know, really the architect of her and Kunal kind of pulling off this heist and getting one over on the man in the form of the pizza parlor owner. I'm glad you said heist because on our Put in Bay trip, we were talking about our favorite heist movies, and yeah. it didn't occur to me until you said that this is technically a heist movie, but it's just yeah, one of the true. most bizarre and convoluted. And I mean, I wouldn't even say it's satisfactory because we spend so much of the movie thinking that what we're seeing is real and that the, yeah. the ghosts are real. We're trying to figure out the mystery of like who these people are, why are they ghosts what is happening, why can't he get out of the house, and then it turns out that none of that ever happened. No. And I don't really know where that perspective is supposed to come from. Like, whose whose story is that? The story of our protagonist being stuck in that house. Who's telling that story? I feel like it's Nikki's story. Like, Nikki comes up with 
this narrative. Yeah. And Kunal is the one who ends up telling it to his boss and coworkers. So, I mean, I guess you could look at it as either of their stories, really. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's narrative sleight of hand that is not entirely honest but i still found it extremely fun in <laughs> i did too in an outrageous way you know it is very dishonest in misdirecting but yeah I did, I did find it to be fun i mean especially when you know i mentioned it before but we get a musical number on the roof of this high-rise oh, yeah. construction and he's singing about you know he's he's gonna jump off and then nikki shows up behind him and he's like where were you and she says well it takes a long time to come back to the the natural world if you're a ghost or oh something yeah something cute right. like that yeah. like i love their romance but this just felt uh, too convoluted for me just too too twisty what i really loved was before before the twist is revealed we see the pizza parlor owner and a couple of of his employees slash goons go to the haunted house to try and retrieve the diamonds which you don't know at that point that that's what they're going there for mm-hmm. but the ghosts thoroughly have their way with the the pizza parlor owner like the this anjali that is the name that uh the pizza parlors pizza parlor owner's wife keeps saying shows up on the walls of the house it's like hello papa and anjali is written all over mm. um and they actually see the the ghost of the woman who died in the house they're thoroughly spooked they're like we're getting the fuck out of here and later we see that that actually all did happen but it was staged nikki right. went in there wrote anjali and hello papa yeah. and stuff on the walls made herself up to look like a ghost and she is the ghost of the pregnant woman that they that they see there except they don't realize it's nikki because they're all too scared in the moment that i found quite delightful just that seeing was really her cute. kind of it was really like, cute because she's in her officially prepare the scene you know yeah she's in her element she's like i'm creating my own kind of horror scenario here and i get to be the ghost like she's very into it and Mm -hmm. she's into you know making the house look spooky as fuck Mm -hmm. i thought that was adorable i i think kind of what i liked most about this twist was that it sort of reclaimed these two protagonists who to me had felt a little dull and a little tiresome up to that point i was like oh god this kunal like everybody's just walking all over this dude yeah you know poor nikki she's pregnant she just wants to write horror stories but like kunal is kind of being shitty to her about that a lot of the time but the twist kind of redeems both of them to be smarter and more more thoughtful people than we had thought and to actually have been the architects of this entire like narrative all along and that i found really delightful plus the like sort of robin hood-esque like uh anti-capitalist fantasy of them you know pulling the wool over the eyes of this uh of the pizza parlor owner i i really enjoyed the twist for those reasons i did too but i still had some questions about like I mean, there's no upward mobility in pizza work. I think we can... (laughs) This was a very, like, Brazil-esque pizza place where, like, the owner has a... (laughs) has an office upstairs the window overlooking the floor yes and and like this guy actually believes that he can like in three years he can climb climb the rungs of the ladder and become the owner at some point it's just that all seemed very silly to me again why i wanted a little bit more comedy in this or satire at least 
Yeah. But, but I will say that the twist did satisfy all the problems I had with our protagonist and his pregnant wife. Yeah. I, I found them very lovable by the end, despite being frustrated by them for 75% of the movie. Yeah, it's just, it has an audaciousness about it that you just are not expecting by that point in the movie. It feels up to that point like a capable but not necessarily thrilling movie and then all of a sudden it's like oh you were doing this whole other thing and it's a wonderful reversal of expectations or or it was it was for me anyway yeah it's it pulls the rug out from under you but you never realized there was a rug in the first place and that is very it is really fucking clunky i have to say but i i appreciated that about it it's a big swing yeah, and it didn't work for me on all levels, but it's what I needed if this movie was going to be an hour and forty five minutes long. Right. Yeah, and and I mean the wild thing about it is that like I, I feel like we struggled a little bit to describe the the plot pre spoiler room, and I I still I still feel like there's so many like insane little nuances of this that we're oh. missing entirely. Yeah. You know, there's a whole thing about like. The, the, you know, because they they lock onto this plot in the first place because they realize the boss is very worried about his wife's condition and they're essentially taking advantage of his concern about what's going on with his wife and sort of yeah. building this whole fantasy story around whatever the hell is going on with her possession and her pregnancy that he's very worried about. And there's a lot of details around that that I feel like we're just completely like dropping the ball on but like there's just there's a lot there's a lot going on here let's let's just put it that way no i mean there is and there isn't like that stuff is on the table but it's not really dealt with in a complicated way like yeah. that's why i I've, i think i've said twice now that his his the the owner of the pizza place his wife is casually haunted because it's just like a thing that it that's just like a problem he has in his life but it's like oh my wife's a drunk or something you know it's like not treated with any kind of seriousness right because that from what i remember we can actually take it face value right like Mm -hmm. she actually is just possessed or mentally unstable or something like that actually is a thing that's happening in the universe of the movie as opposed to all the other like fabricated haunting in this in this film when our protagonist and his wife are trying to figure out like how do we make make away with these diamonds how do we get away with this they're um trying to figure out what his weakness is and and our protagonist decides oh his weakness is he he's prone to believing in the supernatural Mm -hmm. um but i do think his wife is actually haunted because we see her and i took that at face value um but they're definitely exploiting him on that basis oh yeah for sure yeah and exploiting his his love for his wife and his concern for his unborn child yeah, but I don't think there's anything deeper going on there. I think she's just straight up, she's possessed, and and that's yeah. it. And they're like, yeah. okay, well that that's our opening. Like let's yeah. let's let's appeal to his fears, and we we can probably do this. We can get away with it. Which is also kind of wild. Like if you place this <laughs> in the in the canon of like possession films, you know yeah. what other possession film is there? Not only no concern for resolving the central possession that like incites all this action, but 
on top of all that, not not only are we unconcerned really about resolving that issue, but the the possession is just a source of exploitation. It's, <laughs> it's like, oh, you're fucked up because your wife is possessed. Sweet, we're gonna steal your diamonds. Exactly, and I I love that concept. Me too. <laughs> that, that brings me so much joy, and I wanted this to be a better movie. I mean, I did give it a cue it. But like that that's gotta be mined again in some other film in a oh, more yeah. fleshed out way. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Pizza, what a ride. What a ride. Do we have any other thoughts on pizza before we close the box? Oh, I mean this was random completely random, but everybody seemed to have one of those fancy old fashioned calendars where you like peel off the date in the day oh yeah did you notice that like there was a lot of production design in this that uh, i thought the production design was on point like every space felt alive but that was a touch where i was like does this mean something like yeah what is that about um there's one scene when he delivers the pizza actually to the haunted house there's a piece of art in a frame exposed to the elements next to the front door like a po- mm. like like this like avant-garde image in a poster like uh, production design out the ass on this movie and i don't know if yeah. any of it i don't know if any of it's realistic but i appreciated yeah. knowing some production designers i appreciated you know seeing that department head's work on screen yeah i'm curious about this director though because i did feel like as convoluted as the plot was this was a really well-made low-budget movie and mm-hmm. and i i greatly enjoyed it Oh, well, this was the last movie he directed, so... Wait, like, he died? Or just this is his most recent movie? He dead. He ate too much pizza. Oh, no. damn. No, no, he's alive, oh, but he hasn't okay. made anything since this. He has been a, He was a second unit director on Wazir, hmm. and I don't know what that is. But I thought there was a lot of talent behind the camera here, and I'm, I'm disappointed that there's not more to check out from this dude. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would like to see more. I'd watch a pizza, too. <laughs> All right, so we're we're going to kind of subvert conventions, much like pizza, on our next episode. We are going to dive into the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, normally this next episode would be your week to pick, but we figured we would do something a little timely since Fear Street has been, uh, you know, drip dropping into our collective cultural consciousness this month and we're gonna do one of those episodes where we review the whole series and then steven's gonna pick a movie for us to watch the episode after that can't wait (laughs) all right (laughs) well (laughs) we will see you next time for fear street for every horror movie on netflix i'm patrick i'm steven see you next time 